0: Back, folks. It's Chase and Josh Fact Factor Fantasy. That's Chase. I'm Josh, and we are here to give you episode six in this Ahsoka series here today. It's about time to uh, move on from that banger of an episode last week, episode five, where we got the return of Anakin Skywalker uh, portrayed by the original Hayden Christensen. So that was a lot of great stuff there. We're moving into the immediate aftermath, and today we're going to see uh, if. We are going to get an appearance by this big bad that we keep hearing about this whole dang series. So I took us through episode five. Chase is going to take the driver's seat here today and take us through this one in episode six. And I'm going to turn the floor to him and say a few words before we dive in.
1: Yeah, man, a lot of cool, uh, uh, a lot of cool twists and turns in this one. It definitely gets very uh, supernatural, (laughs) I would say, and
0: sci-fi-esque. So yeah, man. Cheers to you, brother. I'll take it away. Sounds good, man. Put the glasses in the air. And uh, yeah, whenever you're ready, just go ahead and dive on in. Cheers.
1: So we start the episode off, and Ahsoka and, and Huang always have trouble. I just put droid. <laughs> is uh, You know, they're traveling with the space wheels. And Ahsoka is telling Huang that Sabine went with Balin's skull willingly, and she was fated to make that choice. And Hu Yang uh, says, perhaps it was Sabine's only choice. And then we're cutting over to Sabine now, and we see she is waking up in confinement, and Balin's skull is on the other side of the door, and Sabine says that they had a deal, and she was promised to see Ezra again. And uh, Balin walks away. And then Balin meets with Morgan and Shin Hati, and they all arrive at their destination, and Morgan says that they have arrived on Peridia, where her ancient ancestors were from uh, the uh, Dathamiri. Did I say that right? Peridiri? Is that I- all right? <laughs> Sorry, uh, per- Peridia. Peridia.
0: Peridia is the name of that area, and then the uh, uh, night sisters of Dathomir. So, yeah, perfect.
1: Awesome. And then so Balin then says the area was used by uh, Star Wheels to migrate, and the Jedi archives speak of this. So. Now we're hearing a little bit more about how it's kind of full circle with using these space whales. And uh, Morgan mentions that her ancestors were among the first to ride the star whales, is what she says. And um, Balin mentions that Paradia is a graveyard. And Morgan, Balin, and Shinhati receive a beacon signal from the planet's surface, and Morgan leaves to answer it. Uh, then the group with Sabine flies down to the planet and. It looks like a swamp, man, with like ancient ruins. What do you think of this planet when they land on it?
0: I thought it was pretty cool, honestly. Like it, it gave the uh, outlawish appearance. It was, uh, I, I really thought the 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 primary tower area it was well architected for it being more of an exile galaxy. So I was impressed by that. But the planet itself yeah i I thought it was like a wasteland it gave me the old western vibe you know the tumbleweed gonna flow through the sand and stuff so yeah it was it was pretty it was pretty cool you know what it kind of reminded me of
1: is the marshes in lord of the rings so yeah so the group gets there and they fly down, and these three witch alien—I called them like the witch alien. I guess are their named the dark sisters? I—I I mean, they have a name here. They're that the we're gonna sacred reveal,
0: mothers, but, man. The sacred. Well, mothers. I was gonna
1: say that, but I wasn't sure if like their own little race was like a thing, and they had like their own thing. But anyways, yeah. We're getting into that in a second. So I called them three witch aliens for the time being. These creatures—they're waiting with like laser spheres all around them. It was really cool. But yeah, the great mother uh, speaks first and 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 tells Morgan she did well and confirms that she heard that Morgan heard her call out to her in a dream and morgan says that their visions from these great mothers just like jay nelly said these three witches guided her across the galaxy and she asks where thrawn is and the great mothers say he is coming and that she shall wait and uh the great mother says one of them says, it reeks of Jedi, and it is dangerous. And they look right at Sabine. And the witch, the great mother, uses the force to move the spheres around Sabine that had the lasers there and, and trap her and begin tightening it around her. And the great mother witch says, it will wait in solitude and forces Sabine and in, back into imprisonment. And then we have... We start to hear. We haven't quite seen them yet, but we hear these howls in the distance, and you almost think they're like wolves or something, right? Uh, and Balin and Shinhati stand at the ancient ruins on this planet, and Balin tells Shinhati the stories of the galaxy. There are considered folk tales, almost like this is like a mythical place, like it's legendary. Like they couldn't believe they even, you know, found it, right? And uh, when he's with he, when he was Shin Hati's age, he saw the Jedi Temple and everything he knew burn down. And Shin Hati asks if Thrawn will bring them into power, and Balin says what he seeks will finally bring the cycle to an end. And then we see this massive starship emerges, and an army of stormtroopers and these other troopers. They're standing in front of the ship led by this trooper that has this gold metal plated helmet face attached to him and his name is enoch and the stormtroopers look battle worn they have red stripes on their armor some of them have their helmets painted and then we see the big bad finally the badass motherfucker makes an appearance man Thrawn walks in between the army as they're stationed in factions, and he walks right in between all the way up to the
0: front. What'd you think of this scene? I thought that was a pretty badass introduction. They were all at full attention, as if they hung on every word that Thrawn said, and the way he looked too—the the red eyes with the full blue skin, like something out of a horror film. And and it was interesting too sometimes we, we draw comparisons to other works. You know, the actor who plays general Admiral Thrawn is actually the same actor that plays Stregobor in the Witcher. And so it was really cool to see, you know, still kind of playing that level of a, of a villain, even though maybe the villain arc in uh, the Witcher took a turn that, that maybe most didn't see here, you know, that he's just a pure evil villain that you, yeah, you, you already see just at the first glance that this guy is going to be a fucking problem. So, yeah, I thought that uh, that introduction to Thrawn, super badass, seemed just like a, a grand admiral. You know, everyone had like the shoulders up, chest out, like in perfect posture and position. And they, they, were, they were the epitome of a military rank of just knowing where to be at the right times. And there's no missteps, no off movements. Like, this guy has them fucking whipped into shape. And so I thought that was really cool, man.
1: You know what it reminded me of is a statement you made when we were covering the Mandalorian and you said, I just think this guy is going to come in with a fucking force, man. And I knew he would, but how they were going to portray that to the audience, like it was almost even hard to imagine. And this scene did that fucking justice, man, because you even saw like how his right hand men were right. Like Enoch, like with a gold-plated face, like, how are they going to make that different? And you could see, like, the battle-worn soldiers and see, like, these motherfuckers are, like, Navy SEALs. Like, they're clearly the top of the top. These aren't your average fucking stormtroopers, so it was badass, man. It was awesome. So uh, back to it, then Thrawn, he's out in front, and he says, What was first just a dream has become a frightening reality for those that may oppose us. And Thrawn thanks the Great Mothers and tells Morgan Enoch will begin the cargo transfer. And Morgan tells Thrawn that the catacombs will take some time, at least three rotations. And the Great Mothers inform Thrawn of Sabine's imprisonment uh, that's there. And Balin mentions that he brought the prisoner and that he thinks that she could be of use to them. And this is really interesting thrawn's response because you can tell he thinks kind of more on the line of Balin's skull like he definitely kind of he never underestimates things right and um at this point thrawn uh morgan introduces uh, Balin and shin Hattie as mercenaries of hers and thrawn says you must be general Balin skull of the Jedi Order, so you can tell this motherfucker something. Ahsoka has not been fucking doing. He does his fucking research. <laughs> it was awesome. And uh, Balin says, "I parted ways with the Jedi long ago." And Morgan says, "The prisoner is Sabine Wren." And Thrawn says, "Looks at Balin. You're quite right. She could be of great use to us." And Thrawn meets with Sabine and thanks her for freeing him from exile and Sabine asks where Ezra is and uh, Thrawn unlocks her cuffs and says she is free to go. But once, uh, once she leaves, you know, Sabine will be stranded on that planet forever. And it's also possible that Ezra is dead. Um, And Sabine says, if you survived, I'm sure he's doing just fine. And Thrawn says, you gambled the fate of your galaxy on that belief. And Sabine says, you wouldn't understand and Thrawn says perhaps not Sabine says I'd rather not waste any more of your time what kind of ride do you have around here and then Enoch steps up his right hand man shows Sabine a howler which this thing was fucking cool man it was like a space wolf what do you think of this new creature we've been introduced to well
0: it's funny that they call it a howler because remember the old howlers from Harry Potter the red letters that would yell at you when you forgot shit and acted up but i will say that this howler was a little more menacing it looked like a wolverine that had a long uh, grotesque monstrous now it it was it was almost like a mixture between a wolf and a werewolf simultaneously that was on all fours it was really cool and you know i will say i kind of expected a little bit more out of this thing just because of the appearance but it was definitely uh, interesting to see at first glance and i was kind of curious if these things they you know actually what they really kind of looked like they almost kind of looked like the wolverines of when uh, in um in the, the lord wargs, of the rings uh right? yeah the, the lord of the rings battle before helms deep those wolverines that came and attacked them so i don't know if they were called like the wolves of isengard or what but man they, they kind of reminded me of those things
1: yeah the wargs is what i think they were called but, yeah, same thing. I was thinking the same thing. Almost like more friendly wargs in a way, but it was, it was badass. Uh, and then Enoch says, Be warned, nomads wander this wasteland and prey upon each other for survival. Here are your weapons. And he hands Sabine back, you know, her blaster and her lightsaber. And the stone wall opens and Sabine rides off into the open planet. And then Thrawn tells Balin that he and Shin Hati may follow Sabine at their own pace, and if Sabine finds Ezra, to destroy them both. And Sabine, we're following her, and she's ambushed by these nomads on this planet. They kind of reminded me of, like, those sand dune people in Star Wars. What they kind of remind you of, Ellie?
0: Yeah, it did kind of remind me of the sand dune people. They were just, yeah, just bandits. They... They didn't really stick out to me in any sort of real way. Honestly, they were kind of forgettable. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to see how
1: forgettable they are. Anyway, so Sabine is ambushed by these nomads, and her howler runs off, and she's shooting these nomads with her blaster. She grapples one, shoots a couple down, but begins to get outnumbered, so she ignites her lightsaber and... She takes on five at one time and strikes like seven times, cutting them down. Finally, like roundhouses one and, and in the face, in the face, like roundhouse, like a nomad down. Anyways, takes them all out and, and the rest flee in fear. And uh, four of the nomad people lay dead around Sabine and her communicator radio is fried. And Balin Skull and Shin are uh, ride out on howlers to track her. And uh, back to Thrawn, he's telling Morgan that their primary objectives are to leave the galaxy and it matters not if Wren and Bridget Uh, Bridger, sorry, Ezra Bridger. Ezra Bridget is like Bridget Jones' diary. (laughs) Ezra Bridger are killed, and the same with mercenaries Shin and Balen Skull. So you can tell this motherfucker doesn't give a fuck. Like, he's all about objective. Like, we're not putting emotions in play. This is all about what we got to do. And uh, Ren then finds her howler, and this was really funny. Uh, She, like, blames him for abandoning her, and said, I should have known you were a coward. And it was pretty funny. And then the howler approaches her. And you can got kind of to tell they're kind of making like a friendship or something. And Sabine says, fine, I'll give you another chance. But you better not bail on me this time. Uh, and and he's, she says, well, um, you're my friend in this world. And uh, the howler like smells something. And Sabine climbs on. And then they begin to ride off. And uh, the Howler rides to water and gets something to drink, but sniffs something out. And then we see it's like these rocks, and then these rocks pop up, and it's like a crab underneath it. It's like this alien crab, and they're called the No What'd you think of the No T, Jay Nelly?
0: Yeah, good way to put it. Look, the, the little crab people, small, the eyes kind of stuck out like Mr. Crabs from SpongeBob. Uh, a little more spacey than that, but then when they shelled up, they look like rocks on the ground. It's hard to distinguish them from actual boulders or rocks on the ground. So they got some level of defense mechanism against natural predators, but yeah, they were uh, not that impressive either. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, (laughs) definitely, I would say
1: forgettable, but hopefully they play a little bit of a role here so the noti then notice her rebel symbol on her armor and has the noti the crab has this medallion around its neck with the same symbol and sabine asks if the crab noti knows ezra and he like shakes his head and begins to lead the way and then back over to balin skull he tells Shinati that ezra He never knew because he was too young and trained after the temple fell. And Shenhati says, like me. And Balin says, no, he was trained as a Jedi. You, I trained to be something more. That's a badass statement right there. And then Balin watches the ruins as Shenhati inspects the area around the dead nomads that are there. So they're definitely tracking on Ren. And... Shinati asks Balin, Does he miss the order? And Balin says, I miss the idea of it, but not the truth, the weakness. There is no future there. And Shinati says, Do you see one here in this wasteland? And Balin says, I see what once was the great witch kingdom of Dathmiri. The existence of the great mother confirms this. And Shinati says, They seem eager to leave this place. Maybe we should too. And Balin says, Perhaps. They flee of power greater than their own. Something calls to me. Can't you hear it? Something stirs here. Can't you see it? And then shin Hattie looks out in the distance and it's bandits on a cliff. And she says, I see bandits. And they're standing there on howlers. And uh, shin Hattie draws her saber. And Balin stops her and says, there's no need for bloodshed. The enemy of our enemy is our friend now. And then back with the no tea. So they're leading Sabine and her howler to this tribe that they have. And you see all, you know, the, the I guess they call it like uh, the TPs that are there that are all set up. And we see Ezra Bridger is standing there. Sabine completed her mission. It was all worth the risk. She found him and Ezra says, I knew I could count on you. It took you long enough. And then they embrace each other. And Ezra says, Sabine, thanks for coming. I can't wait to go home. Then back to the Great Mothers and Morgan. The Great Mothers inform Morgan that a Jedi is on the way. And Thrawn assumes it's Ahsoka Tano. And he tells Morgan he wants to know her background in history. And they should prepare for her. He commands that if the Star Wheels approach to destroy them and thrawn says great mother great mothers i will once again need your dark magic and the great mothers say the thread of destiny demands it grand admiral and the episode closes what are your takeaways for this episode jane ellie
0: so there's some some things with this one uh there's some things with this one but I do, I do think it was kind of cool. These great mothers—they really remind me. If you guys ever watched that original Disney movie Hercules with the the sisters of Fate that share the eyeball that cut the threads of people's lives, they kind of remind me a little bit of that. Uh, But more, a more like menacing version who, you know, almost. Assist people all along the way that they deem worthy, kind of similar to how the Sisters of Fate and Hercules were like assisting Hades and seeing the future. So, I thought that was pretty cool. It almost it, it was like a little bit of an Easter egg towards that, but I found uh, it to be a little interesting that Thrawn is on this planet for however long. In the the people who currently reside there i'm just going to assume the tower was built by either the dark sisters of dathomir or the great mothers of the last ones Left. i'm not really sure because it doesn't really explain it too well but like he shows there for two seconds and they just all right yes we're going to follow whatever it is like the 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 reds of fate demand or destiny demand it that, uh, that we just follow you blindly here i just i don't i need to see what like, what they're seeing i think a little bit of more explanation around them would have been uh would have been helpful to really take this as seriously as as you can with these characters specifically because it's like they have a level of reverence but I don't really see their actual power and if they do have actual power why are they just uh, you know giving it away to somebody else or letting someone else take the reins I just I don't get the what their end goal is I don't know if they just are people who don't engage in conflict but just assist with who they think could bring about what they see in their threads of destiny it's it's hard to say but on top of that like we have this whole ordeal here this grand admiral Thrawn, like he looks badass and i love his mentality he's very similar to balen skull in terms of not underestimating his opponents he decides, you know, I remember in this episode that he asked uh, he was asked by Morgan Ellsworth if they shouldn't bring more troops and he said, no, we, we, this should be sufficient. He has everything in his mind calculated to where uh, he, he, there's no missteps here, you know, he, he's he's very much like a, a, general, a grand admiral in, the, in a real army he just seems to have everything uh, Lock and Key has a plan and his plans make sense and he has reasonings behind it so I found that really really cool. I know he's gonna be a badass just based on what we've seen from him in the Clone Wars. But uh, it's just I just I don't know how you get sent to a another galaxy, you end up on this planet, and you're just like, well, here's my starship that somehow still has fuel from however long ago uh, you know like, when did this thing run out because like, they landed so it's still got some fuel somehow so maybe this planet it's got untapped oil they went out there digging in the wells or whatever i don't know man it just if you're there that long where's the food are you are you hunting the wildlife i just i i don't know how they survived and kind of made it happen there like, like with at least when you move it over to ezra he's got people like, helping him out that are like, living on the the planet so these nomads here they're not supposed to be helping anyone they're trying to be bandits and take and steal and scavenge what they can so you know they ain't gonna fucking be you know, giving any sorts of assistance unless their life's in danger but we didn't even see any of them aboard that ship but i just don't know you know where they're finding their food from where they're finding their supplies from how this still makes sense in a, a completely separate galaxy and we're just going to assume that – all because all, we don't know how long they've been there. We, we got to, again, assume that it's been a, a decent amount of time because what did Ezra Bridger say to Smeet at the end? He's like, well, wow, it took you long enough. Well, how long is long enough? I'm assuming it's got to be upwards of over 5 to 10 years. Again, I may be wrong on the timeline. If I am, please correct me. But regardless – he ain't surviving no more than what a couple months without food and water and resources and how the heck are your shit's still flying it doesn't look like grand Admiral Thrawn has any ability with the force but again i don't know yet we haven't seen him in battle maybe he does have powers that we're not we're not seeing but either way where where are we getting all these natural things that we would need to make sure that we we stayed on top you know we got three great mothers maybe they what, what are they? What are they doing? Are they cooking for them? They they playing mom. <laughs> they, they playing mom of the tower. Like I don't know. Yeah, I just there's just some there's just a little bit of questions I have on how the heck they stayed alive and maintained any semblance of a force for an extended period of time in a galaxy unknown. And you know, most people in power don't want to just give up the power because someone else arrives there and it's like, oh yeah, dude, you want this planet? It's fucking yours, man. Like you know what I mean? I don't know. It just. Uh, there's a, little, a couple questions I have on, on this episode, specifically in the introductions to things. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to get too nitpicky because it was cool to see him. And I, I do think that it, the, at least the introduction to the Great Mothers and hearing about the night sisters of Dathomir and having Morgan Elsbeth there as a descendant, it, it does it's probably going to play some level of a full circle. But I just think for this introduction episode alone, I think it would have been great to maybe have general admiral thrawn go into a backstory of how they survived like yeah, when i got here we were barely like scavenging along and you know little by little like we started losing people because he said he doesn't have that many forces they've dwindled since they've been out there you know and maybe something like uh very similar to remember daenerys when she walked through the red red waste before she found karth and was let into that you know give us something you know give us some sort of like (laughs) because like because without any sort of background we're just left with all these questions of like okay we're just gonna accept that you're here and still around i don't know because like i said as a bridger at least as <laughs> a bridger we we got to see he made friends with some of the local uh, creatures the naughty and they seem to be doing their own thing moving around from place to place he seems to protect them they seem to be able to take care of him in return of knowing the planet well enough where the nourishment and the food and the water is and all that so like that at least makes sense i just don't i don't get what what happened here with 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 thrawn and how they survived and how The Great Mother was just like, yeah, sweet. Someone else take over. We'll we'll, we'll help you out. No big deal. So there there were just a few things I had an issue with on that end. But overall, I thought the episode was okay. It was a little slower. And mostly what we got was Sabine fighting off scavengers. And that didn't last all of a whole lot. So I will say that it did push the urgency of... She's got to go find Ezra and find a way off this island. Their starship's going to leave, and they don't even give a fuck if Balan Skull and and Shinati are on it. They're like, listen, when this is ready to go, we need we're leaving. Like, well, it doesn't matter, you know. So, I think that it was really cool to, to kind of push that and and really show that General Malcom doesn't care who's helped him. He's got a he's got a goal, and his goal is the rise the new rise of the Empire. And he's going to take it with blood and fucking fire, <laughs> just like our girl, Danny. And, you know, he, he, you can almost see that he does everything very emotionless. He never has to change an expression on his face. It's all very matter-of-factly. Matter and I think that's kind of dangerous and definitely cool to see in a villain like this. So definitely excited to see where he goes from here. I just had a little bit of a issue of how... It was brought upon us of his introduction and no backstory of how they survived for that long and what they did to make it work to where we found them how we did, where we have these fuel reserves in our starship that, what are we doing, flying around the planet, wasting it? Why weren't you already there parked and ready to roll? You had to fucking pull up? Where the fuck were you doing? I don't know, dude. So. Those are just some of the questions that I got on it, but overall I enjoyed the episode. It's great to see that Ezra Bridger was in fact still alive. Someone that maybe we can uh, anticipate going to play a big role going forward into any battles that may come and any conflicts that may arise. He may be an important key player. He looks pretty cool. Like, he looks like he's, you know, definitely a uh, battle tested and uh, definitely a survivalist. And so maybe you know, we're going to see some great things out of him, but yeah, overall good episode, not the greatest by any means but definitely really cool in terms of being introduced to the grand Alma throg is like you, like you mentioned when you asked me when it first happened i thought they did that very well of at least the organization did I, did I like it coming off the ship not so much because like how the fuck is the ship still flying where were you guys at why are you wasting the fuel reserves i don't know <laughs> yeah. but but in terms of the lineup and how they were all in like in perfect order perfect amount of numbers like the no like no one was off cue no one was uh any like the the posture was great it just reminded me of a, a very well organized battle like they like i think like a battalion like really honestly it was just uh they're like special troops like, almost like you mentioned they are the the i would say the navy seals like you like you said the navy seals of it the the army rangers the you know whatever you want to call them they they were the top of the line these like you like, exactly as chase said these are not your average stormtroopers so yeah overall good episode i enjoyed it for what it was just added more questions on this one that i had in the previous episodes of ahsoka but nothing to where i like ruined it for me or anything like that so those are my thoughts on it man what about yours
1: Yeah, man, I agree. You raise a really good point. Like, how the fuck were you there all these years? Like, were you eating other people or something? Because I didn't see any food on that land. But I guess they just kind of survived based on, I just took it for what it was worth. Like, I guess whatever the nomads used or or any of that. But uh, yeah, you definitely raise a good point. Or for even to the point of, you know, what were really the odds Ezra Bridger would even be there, right? But it, same thing, it didn't ruin it for me. It did keep progressing. I think the thing that made the episode for me was just like you were describing was those stormtroopers that were coming. I didn't exactly like that. The ship just appeared out of nowhere either. But uh, just like you were saying, like it, it looked like a fucking... So far, really, it's like one of the biggest groups we've really seen like all at one time and I, w- I really kind of wish maybe he made his debut in like a a little better way like maybe if they were going someplace where he was already based up but yeah he just flew over that way I kind of had a problem with I don't know what they were doing there I don't know what the Great Mothers were doing there all these years and how they survived. And there's only three of them. So I definitely want to know more about that. But um, I did like it It did keep kind of progressing. And you did see more into Thrawn and the way he thinks about things. I think they did portray his character well into even showing like, you know, he never underestimates his enemies and realizes that you know at least what we've seen he's not exactly a supernatural force he's more of a militant force and just like you know he was saying he would never underestimate the jedi again right so um it had a lot of really cool reveals it made progression definitely brought up a lot of questions but overall i would give it a uh, i would probably give it a a 7.5 what would you give it on a grade for this episode
0: oh gosh uh probably like Seven one, maybe maybe seven flat.
1: <laughs> C's get degrees, I guess, man. What uh, debates did you have for the day, Jane Ellie? I,
0: uh, I guess my debate is. Uh, I, I I think that I want to know what your thoughts are because Balin skulls mentioned something really interesting, and you, you brought it up. Of there's a power, a great power here. Can't you feel it? Can't you sense it? What do you think this this whole plan is of what do you think this power is that he's uh he's referring to is this something is he going to find something like an artifact or is he looking for something specific or, or a resource of power what do you think it is that is that he's sensing because obviously you know i'm, I'm just going to trust him because this dude's really in tune with the force like i said he seems to be able to uh engage in in some level of understanding his adversary's intentions and what's like, like some of their, like, not I don't know if it's mind reading, but definitely he can. I would absolutely say he's really good at at deciphering intentions and and even before that, when he found exactly where the ships were in the forest just by uh, that meditative state of, of of being. What do you think he's feeling there on that planet? What is what is the uh, what is he in search of? I guess is the question.
1: Yeah, he definitely has something up his sleeve. Because we definitely don't see him just kind of really like all in arms over Thrawn and how great it is that Thrawn is there. Like, I mean, and and clearly this guy has a, you know, a respectable um, reputation and resume, right? And what's interesting is Morgan didn't even really – it, it, she just kind of introduced them as mercenaries. But what's funny is then even Admiral Thrawn recognized Balin as General Balin Skull. So clearly he knows Balin Skull has a reputation, maybe even more than Morgan knows about his reputation. Right. And she hired him. So I think he definitely has something up his sleeve. I just don't know what it is like being honest. I don't even know what they're really I mean, I, I know he's helping Morgan and, and clearly he's going to have to do something to where he felt like Thrawn was a necessity to get to what he needs to have an advantage of. I guess it must be like an artifact or something. My only problem with that is there's not really anything on that planet that we know of. I mean, nomads roam the area, right? Enoch said it itself, and we saw that like. What else is there? You got a swamp, and you got a starship from Thrawn, and you got some witches. Like, maybe I guess maybe there are some other witches, right? I mean, we don't want to go into what happens in the future, but we definitely can kind of see some other relics and stuff at play uh, that come up later. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he is searching for something like that, but that kind of makes me wonder like is it something that's really gonna change the pace of the game is he gonna try to screw everyone over for his betterment or like does it aid them in some way like how is that even really helping the case honestly i truly don't know like this is a big question mark for me because i really don't know what he's even i mean clearly he's working to a cause but i really don't see any direction for him besides just going with what their needs are in training Shin-Hati. Like, I really don't even know why he's on this planet and chose to go with this mission um, for this whole
0: idea. What's your thoughts? I think my thoughts are that he's in search of... Because he said something before about the beginning. He said he's like in search of like, like the beginning of something. So maybe I think he's trying to uh break the wheel so to speak for our, our game of thrones fans so maybe finding a way to break this cycle of you know empire rises to power or there's too much to oppress the people they're ruling they rebel and overthrow the empire and then it gets back into the same cycle so i think he's searching for something that's going to break the cycle whether that's knowledge maybe it's something like a uh, some sort of forgotten knowledge uh, that may be found on this galaxy that was said to be more of a myth in the, in the Jedi temple that they talked about more so than, than anything. Uh, or maybe it is a, a, tap and reserves into power to give him the ability to himself break the cycle. But I don't necessarily think that him breaking the cycle changes anything because then at the end of the day, he's the new guy that is going to be, if, if that, again, like this is just uh, assuming what he wants to pass comes to pass and he's successful in his endeavors. Um, and then he's like the next step guy and it's not really breaking the cycle it's just okay now you get to call the shots so maybe he's trying to look, like, look for some level of knowledge maybe he's trying to go to the beginning of where everything was incepted and since this is like this i don't want to say it's fairy tale universe but it's almost the way he's making it seem like it's mythical place and maybe it has the answers of how uh how things were before things got super fucked up and maybe a, a way for uh, things to cuz like i said balance Cole doesn't remind doesn't strike me as a bad guy just to be a bad guy you know he was part of the jedi order he thought he even like when Shinati asked if he missed it he said that he misses the idea of it but not the truth and not the weakness so maybe he's searching for the idea of what it could like something that could be like the jedi order but more more consistent not consistent but Uh, Something that is tangible and and won't be fallible, you know, and it doesn't take uh, into people's inability to always make the right decisions at the right time and never fail and never, you know, make the wrong choice. Maybe it's something along those lines. I don't know if it's sacred knowledge or something that is going to kind of wipe everything out and start from scratch type of deal. Uh, I just think it's got to be something that has to do with. You know, I think breaking the cycle of continuously having it because that's what I think he wants to do. I don't think he's like I said, I, I just said it there, but I don't think he's a bad guy to be a bad guy. I think he's okay with the ends justifying the means, doing what he needs to do. That's why he took no joy in potentially killing Ahsoka when he knocked her off the ledge. He even said before, she because like Morgan Ellsbeth asked him, Hey, is this sentiment? He's like, No, it's just a fact. Like, it, it, it's going to be a shame to lose another uh, Jedi, like, where there's so few of us left. And he's and she asks him again like oh are you afraid like the following episode and he's like it's not fear it's experience I, I'm not gonna sit here and act like I and we're gonna handle everything with ease this is not how it goes he seems very in tune with the realities of the world so I think he's so some, someone who is. Uh, Is logical but willing to do the bad things to make the good happen in the end so i think he's searching for a way to to break the wheel and and break the cycle of constantly empire rising oppressing people people overthrowing and then rinse and repeat that's what i think
1: yeah i would love to know more about his background honestly because if you think about it i mean he's not a jedi but clearly he was trained at the jedi temple right and he has background as a general so it makes me wonder like who his predecessors were that he took lessons from and what really was his background and what he was faced with and why he's so respected among the galaxy i would love to know that but yeah that's just my thoughts on on that i don't truly even know i really don't have a direction on it but clearly he's got something up his sleeve
0: Yeah, uh, I just, it's going to be curious as to how it plays a role in the grand theme. And, you know, is it actually going to be something that, because right now it almost seems as if he doesn't really care about Thrawn and Thrawn's plans at all. He's got his own completely separate separate deal. He he did what he had to do to get there to where he wanted to be. And so it almost leads to the question of whatever he does and whatever he's able to find or uh, uncover is it actually going to be like a hindrance to Thrawn and their plans is it going to fuck that up and at the end like him accidentally being somewhat of a good guy like what, what do you think there
1: yeah I mean he, he has uh, glimpses of that that we see like not necessarily I mean you know Morgan's even questioned him like are you know are you responding to this out of emotion or like are you fond of this person or whatever her exact words were and he said no it's based on experience like i wouldn't want to kill her i think it'd be you know i i would i would hate to see another jedi go down right and, and another jedi killed so yeah i mean i think he has his own intentions but do i think deep down he's really just a cold-hearted bad person that wants to take over the galaxy no but i think maybe he wants to establish his own way but i, I almost see him as like almost like a space pirate or something like whatever's going to benefit him is what I think he sees as the right way. Like, just like you said, for the greater good, we always talk about this on this channel. So, I mean, I don't know. That's just kind of what I see him doing, but I could definitely see him flipping the switch and kind of, you know, taking everyone off guard. I would say, I don't know if it would necessarily go his way, but I could definitely see him Definitely screwing stuff up for everybody.
0: Yeah, I don't even know like if it would be intentional though. I don't, I'm not necessarily thinking he's going to have a change of heart and just go in and, and fight Thrawn or anything like that. But I'm wondering if if what he's trying to do and if he is successful is going to mess up like that plan and he uh, get unintentionally his. his his end goal ends up assisting the good guys in a way, and is very uh, instrumental to overthrowing Thrawn or defeating Thrawn once and for all. It's just curious to think about. Maybe it has nothing to do with it all. Maybe that's a completely separate thing, and we're not going to see that intertwined. But I just I doubt it. I think something's going to happen, where you know whatever he finds or what he learns, it's gonna. If it, it in order for that to come in and really uh, kind of put that into play, it's gonna end up not necessarily aligning with what thrawn's trying to do in resurgence of the empire
1: it makes you wonder too remember he said you know uh this planet where they were it was basically spoke about in folklore in legends and at the jedi temple so it makes me wonder if he's heard something through the jedi temple that lies there that maybe Morgan Elsbeth and and everyone else doesn't
0: actually know about her. they're not even thinking about. And he's done his own research on it. Yeah, I think that is a big possibility. I think that's probably honestly, I think that's a big probability more than than anything. I think that is likely the case. But uh, yeah, man, what about your debates, bro? Yeah, man, my debate, and you might uh, totally think this is a
1: dumbass debate because maybe I missed something, but I think it was a big-ass gamble for Sabine Wren to just assume Ezra was on that planet. Like, I mean, you're, you're somewhere, like, we know Ezra was missing, of course, right? And we thought, you know, following... Balin's skull could possibly lead her to ezra and we know they're after thrawn like something had to be tied into it right but this planet right like you had to get a map to even find that shit that was like a secret map what were the fucking odds that ezra bridger ended up on that same planet that thrawn was exiled to that no one could find so clearly he must have been going there for some reason. It wasn't for the fucking no I I don't think it wasn't for the no T. So do you think he was in pursuit of Thrawn? Why did he wind up on that planet? And what were the odds that he would even be there? Or do you think it's just a big ass plot hole?
0: I don't think it's a plot hole because I think they went together. I think that was a whole thing Like he sacrificed himself. And so wherever Thrawn went, he was going to end up. So I definitely think that that's not, I don't think that's a plot hole. I think that's intentional and that he, but that's that, but that does bring another question along the lines of like, well, if they got taken to the same place, how did they not eliminate him? He's got a, Thrawn's got a whole army and you know, as talented as Ezra might be, I don't, especially with no it doesn't seem like he has many weapons. Uh, you know, how how he could have survived or gotten away um, or whatever. So unless they took separate space whales and were dropped off at different points of the planet, I don't really, that's the one thing that I I am a little bit confused about is like how he was able to survive and get away from them. If he, but I do think that him being there makes sense. It makes sense because it seems like he sacrificed himself to take him and the whole fucking Thrawn's army into the, the space whales and that, And they obviously all went together and he just accepted the fact that he was going to be on this stranded galaxy super far away as well. So I don't necessarily think it's a a plot in that sense, but I I am curious as to how they could spin the fact that if they landed at the same time at the same spot, how he was able to get away from a full army that seems very very uh proficient <laughs> so i I'm, I'm, I'm not i'm unsure about that part so if you want to say that might be a plot hole that's definitely something i'm more open to but him being there on that planet itself i think is fine
1: yeah i just don't know because it's like okay so it follows Theron, right you know sacrifices everything he has to like follow him like Theron is supposed to be like exiled on this planet with him and Theron has this big ass spaceship full of all these top-notch stormtroopers, and it's just him? And he's going to, like, follow him there? Like, that's my big issue. Like, who's to say, like, Dron was gonna, not going to escape Ezra Bridger? Like, I mean, unless Ezra Bridger has his, like, army that I don't know of or did something creative, but, like, you're telling me this guy was exiled on this planet and Ezra Bridger just follows him there
0: and traps him there? Like, who's I think- to say... Yeah, hold on. Yeah. Let me let me interrupt you there because I think he did something in terms of a battle where like maybe he because he was he's really proficient in utilizing the force and maybe he trapped them inside one of the space whales like with the force like that whole that whole like ship in in and it of itself and and decided that so that way they couldn't bust out of like the space whale's mouth or try to use it. Maybe he stayed close enough to hold it with the force until it took him to whatever galaxy it was. I think it was one of those kind of things um where. He he just was able to to sneak him into a trap, hold them there long enough to get them away from who he was going to hurt, which was pretty much the entire the entire outer rim or whatever wherever <laughs> they're located. So
1: makes sense, and I'll I'll, I'll go along with it. it. Is just it's like like you were saying, like Bro had an entire spaceship that was massive with an army on it, and we've seen what Morgan Elsbeth and her mercenaries did against Hera pushing it into hyperdrive and you're telling me this dude can't get away from Ezra Bridger (laughs) but I mean respect to the guy don't get me wrong but you're telling me like Ezra Bridger against a top-notch army (laughs) like I mean there's only so many people you take on but I'll buy it and then my side of the thing is like I think it was a big-ass gamble that Sabine Wren just went and, you know howled off I guess you can say howled off on the howler hauled ass (laughs) looking for Esther Bridger who's to say he wasn't even fucking dead like like yeah nomads on the planet you got the whole army of stormtroopers there and she's just hauling ass off not to mention if she's gonna like I mean clearly she knows someone's gonna be looking for Thrawn right so you're not gonna try to get secrets on the inside and reveal what information you can with the communicator you're just going to bolt off. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I would have tried to play the part. Like, I mean, I'm not a very good liar, but maybe like play undercover agent or something. She just hauled ass off into the marshes, man, with the, with the nomads. And just, you're telling me this guy happened to be in the middle of the marshes with some turtle crabs, and he just happened to be there. I mean, I don't know what kind of odds that are, but I feel like that's kind of like playing a lottery, and she just happened to have the winning ticket. What do you think?
0: I I mean, Thrawn did give her the warning that it's possible that Ezra bridge was already dead, so at least she went in with that knowledge. And it was, yeah, it's interesting of how it all plays out, but it's not that she just happened upon him. It was, I thought it was cool. in the fact that she was on the holler, went to go get a drink. And then this creature popped up that you thought was a stone. It's not a stone. They recognize the, the insignia on the sleeve and then they've seen it before, obviously. And so for, for that, you know, I, I could follow the, the chain of events there um, and not have a, a huge issue on that side. Uh, that that's not something that bothers me too much. My thing is is that, you know, if you've got nothing else to do uh, in terms of Thrawn and his army, and you know this guy is out there, like, why are we not trying to eliminate him? You know what I mean? Like, there's only so many places you can go on a planet, I guess. And I, maybe that's what he was trying to do. That's why he was flying around. Maybe he was flying around his little spaceship trying to find him. But you're telling me that you couldn't find a, a whole little pack-up city that they the the pop-up city i guess i could say when they change the location from time to time because at that point it just seems like they're trying to outlast the nomads where it's like if you've got nothing to do for however many years they've been stranded on this planet why the hell hasn't Thrawn like done anything to to kill this guy like hey you know what this guy could be a, a threat if i ever do end up getting off because he fucking put me out here to begin with so like let's get our asses in check and start fucking you know getting this guy and, and, and taking him out and so that's more of a question that I have is, you know, why hasn't he been pursued? And if he has been pursued, how are you going to convince me that he's been able to evade, capture, and with only a limited amount of, uh, of opportunity, you know, like if these guys had a spaceship, it's got fuel on it, somehow they're able to still fly it. Yeah. You can fly around that planet pretty, pretty quick in that, I would assume. So that's, that's just something that I, I, have a problem with more so than, uh, her finding him that didn't bother me, but the fact that he. Is basically unbothered and you know they're going to use you know, i'm going to assume you know for the following episodes they're going to use the the fact that sabine ren found him to maybe try to uh neutralize that once and for all but it's like dude you guys had however many years to, to do this and you didn't even give her and like you had whereabouts of his last coordinates i don't know so that's that's another thing she, He's like these are the whereabouts of the last known coordinates of of ezra bridges so Maybe they weren't searching for him, but if they weren't, like, what the hell were you doing for all these years? You was sitting on your ass? Like, I don't know. he just coming up with plans? Like, you're sitting there doing all the research you can? I just, I don't know what, what they were doing. I don't know what Thrawn and the army was doing for all these years. If you're you're out there, you got nothing to do. Might as well take out one of your enemies, right? I don't know.
1: Yeah, and that brings up another question. If he had a spaceship there,
0: why was he just camped
1: out there? Was he, like, trying to keep an eye on Thrawn? make sure you didn't go anywhere and then that brings up the other point like what was he gonna do like you're one guy in a tiny like you know a spaceship for yourself uh, against a big ass starship in an army like you really think you're gonna hold that guy back like i i don't know i mean it's just like what the fuck were you doing camping out there like he was like you know, bear grills or something. He was like trying to survive. Like it's like he liked it. Like he made his own camping trip out there for years and just like never came back. Like had his own vacation. And and the you know Hera and the in the and the group over there is like man. Like you've been on workers comp for weeks now. Where's your ass been? So I don't know, man. What's your thoughts? What was he doing
0: there? He was
1: just like camped out
0: surviving <laughs> yeah yeah you, you gotta survive you made friends with the locals did what he had to do yeah man clearly and with that i'll let you close us out today brother yeah man sounds like a plan well folks if this is the first time that you tune in to us today i hope you enjoy what you heard if you've been here from the very beginning thank you for continuously being the shields that guard the realms of fantasy uh, in terms of where you can find us we're we're everywhere online so if you are looking for us on instagram we're at official ridiculous patronus uh, we also have a TikTok at ridiculous patronus a backup instagram at fact underscore or underscore fantasy backup TikTok tock at fact underscore or underscore fantasy we're on facebook at chase and josh factor fantasy youtube ridiculous patronus twitter rp factor fantasy snapchat rp factor fantasy so please follow along subscribe click like comment engage with us send us reviews write out those reviews leave a star ratings any sort of engagement that you guys do it really does help us out here on the show and in terms of the show and where you can find it if you are an apple user you can find us on apple Podcasts. if you are an android user you can find us on google play we are on spotify we're on iheart radio we're on audible we're on amazon music we're on stitcher we're on Acast, we're on our host site podbean wherever you get your podcasts Chase and Josh Factor Fantasy are there. We are out for the day. This has been another ridiculous production. Chase and Josh. Factor Fantasy. Signing off. off.